Hey there, John here. We are so glad you're listening to the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. If you're new to the show, I hope you find something here you'll enjoy and that gives you a reason to come back. If you've been listening for a little while or a long while, as is the case with so many of you, I want to ask a favor. Would you consider introducing us to just one friend this week? There's really no better method of advertising than word of mouth. Pick a friend who shares your sense of humor or interests, even if they don't know what a podcast is, and tell them why our show has become a regular listening for you. And be bold. Help them get a podcast app on their phone and walk them through how to subscribe to the show. We love that you're here and would greatly appreciate your recommendation. Thanks for your time. Now, let's get on with the show. Hi, I'm Tom, and I'm a Gen X Grown Up, and I support Gen X Grown Up on Patreon. And you should, too. Go to patreon.com slash Up. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel, website, and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up podcast listener to episode 89 of the Gen X Grown Up podcast. I am John. Joining me as always is Mo. Hey, everybody. And you know that George is here. Hey, how's it going, guys? In this episode, we will learn the history of some of our favorite profanities, take a trip to the Red Planet for some action-adventure platforming, and unpack a long-delayed piece of gaming gear that has finally arrived. I'm sorry. I just can't stop laughing at that. Keep going. It, yeah, I know. You, you, you just you can stop laughing now because it's finally here. We'll talk about it in a second. Before we get into that, we have some fourth listener email, and this time it is from our longtime listener, Patreon supporter, and Discord regular game player, Tim, a.k.a. Butter Spider. Hey, Tim. Was written in with a subject line, Christmas Toy Shopping Episode. And I think he's referring to the Toy Stores Backtrack that we had just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and he writes in and says, Dear GXG, I wanted to write you to tell you some reactions I had to your recent podcast episode about Christmas toy store experiences and Christmas toys you received. As always, you are very good at triggering memories that I had locked away for decades. <laughs> awesome. It is crazy that you guys had so many similar toys and experiences that so closely resembled my own. I so loved going to the mall. Mine was the Stranger Things Mall, by the way. Nice. And he says, in that mall, I would head straight to the KB's toy store to see the clearance markdown bin at the front. That was always such an awesome treasure hunt. I blew tons of my allowance and gift money on that bin. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, especially as they were closing the KB's store. I got so many action figures there. Then he addresses you, George. He says, George, I also had that same adventure people Jeep and raft. Ah, <laughs> nice. That you've talked about several times. Yep. That, that's like a touchstone for your childhood. You've mentioned that set a few well, yeah. times, right? One of my favorite toys. Absolutely. He goes on to say, I also had a few more of those action figures from the same group. I totally love those two. And like yourself, I also punished them in the mud. I remember <laughs> when it would rain, I would grab them and head out to the front yard, play with them in the rain flooded ditch. Yeah, oh, nice. yeah, absolutely. That's what they're for. They were good for that. And the little raft thing, like it floated too. Like mm -hmm. it was like, like legit would float, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it says, hey, John, you mentioned another toy that I totally 
totally forgotten. I also had Hugo, the man of a thousand faces. Oh man, was that a crazy toy? <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> how I ended up with him, but mostly I, but I played with him quite a bit. One thing that stands out most was the crappy gooey glue used to stick the mustaches and beards to him. It was invasive as heck. I got it everywhere. And of course, when I got bored of putting it on Hugo, I would put it on my face. Yes, I was an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> as we all were. I think of the box, they actually advertised you that you could. They encouraged you. I think you, you could, to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you, you weren't an idiot. You were following the instructions. It was fun. Anyway, he wraps it up by saying things like these are what make it so worthwhile to be a patron for GXG. I look forward to the next time you pull those deep, dark secrets to the surface of my mind. Thanks again, Tim. Well, you're welcome. Thank you, yeah. Tim. We appreciate you. Thanks for writing in. We love it every time the fourth listener writes in. If you'd like your email featured here on the show, it's easy. Just hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com or you can visit our Discord server. We have a dedicated channel now. You can write your messages right there to us while you're chatting and doing other stuff. With that then, got some good business out of the way. It's time to jump into the meat of this first show of 2021 right after this. Look, Toucan, my bird bot can sniff out fruit flavors just like you. Oh, almost. Fruit flavors, you ask? My nose was invented for the task. How's it work? Just follow my nose. It always knows. Kellogg's Fruit Loop cereal with natural fruit flavors. Orange, lemon, cherry, and lots of vitamin C. Part of this complete breakfast. Well, I'd like to experiment further with fruit loops. And you? I compute. Need more fruit. Guys, for the last few weeks, we have been checking out Factors ready-made meals. Now, they tell us that eating better is easy with their delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, ready to go in two minutes. All that is great. It wouldn't matter if it didn't taste good. So mm -hmm. I've, we've, I've had several. I've been eating them every couple of nights. I'll try one of these Factor meals. And then I had this turkey chili, and wow, was that good. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my fiancé is vegetarian. Is vegan, actually. So I went with the, yes. with the vegetarian option. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. And you did for the whole box. Okay. Yeah, for the whole box. You know, because they have like over 35 different options you can choose from like every single week. Mm -hmm. So I went with the vegan option or the vegetarian option. And let me tell you, they were pretty freaking amazing. Yeah. Matter of okay. fact, she yeah. stole half of them. One to start with. Wow. <laughs> she took so. them from you? Yeah. Yeah, my <laughs> wife and I have been trading out saying, oh, you try this and you try this and check it out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was surprisingly good. And again, like I didn't realize that even that some of these that were even vegetarian, I didn't even know that. Didn't even know. Wow. Hmm. So what's really cool though, is that if you want to add something extra to all these different meal choices that mm -hmm. you're talking about, there's like 60 different add-ons to help you get going <laughs> and feel good basically all day long. And I don't mean mm -hmm. just like like an extra side or something like that. Like there's a whole bunch of breakfast add-on meals that you can add on to your subscription, not add on yeah. to the right, dinner yeah. meal, but like mm -hmm. to add to your meal plan for the day. And mm. I just think it's, it's really awesome that they give you all these different choices so that you're not just tied into just dinner or just lunch. Having breakfast mm -hmm. as part of one of these meal plans is, I think, kind of unique. I haven't seen that before in any of these meal yeah. delivery services. So I don't know what everybody's waiting for. It's time to get started and get after <laughs> your goals right now. Fuel up fast with Factors restaurant quality meals are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. Pancakes and smoothies? Yes, please. Discover a wide <laughs> variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping or cooking or even cleanup required. Just throw it in the trash when you're done. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Let me tell you, if you're looking for something fast with premium options, Factor is the perfect solution for you. 
You guys know I'm the spreadsheet guy. Yep. I have done the math. <laughs> Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every single meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Just head over to factormeals.com slash genx50 and use code genx50 to get 50% off. That's code genx50 at factormeals.com slash genx50 to get 50% off. Let's get the ball rolling then with media that we are checking out. As always, this could be music or movies or comics or TV or whatever it is. Uh, and I'm going to start with you, George. What did you check out recently you want to talk about? Yeah, for me, it's going to be movies for about the next year and a half because I still have all those unplayed <laughs> films in my right. Plex server. So right. oh, yeah. I'm still going down that rabbit hole. This time it was Akira from 1988. Ooh. This is a Ooh. Japanese animated film. Yeah. How do I describe it? Um, it was just odd. So <laughs> <laughs> now is this the one that's like cover art of like somebody on a red motorcycle with yes. a ninja yes. sword? Yes. Yes. That's all so. I know Absolutely. about it is that cover art. That's yeah. it. And it was an iconic film at the time. Like everybody had heard of it who went to VHS rental stores of the era. Yeah. We all yeah. Know, would oh, see yeah. that cover art and, Oh, what is this and everything? But we, you know, I never really rented it obviously. And, so in that same year, 1988, there's this big massive explosion in Tokyo that blows everything up. Looks like a big nuclear explosion. Then they fast forward to the future, 2019. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's a nice coincidence that I'm watching it now in 2021. But anyway, in this future society, Tokyo is now Neo Tokyo, and it's kind of a little bit lawless, but also heavily government controlled. I don't really know okay. how to describe it on that. <laughs> there is almost no mood music or background music or anything throughout 90% of the film, which really makes it feel odd and mm -hmm. kind of disconcerting at times. And I'm saying this to say that I didn't really enjoy this film when I watched it this time. If I had watched this film in 1988, I think I would mm -hmm. have loved it. Why the difference, do you think? I think because it doesn't hold up at all. Ah, um, we have okay. been so spoiled by animation films, both from Japan and the U.S. at this point. They are so good. Sometimes they are far better than our live action films even. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. This was one of the early... I guess, Maverick films in the animation front that you might say. This was not Snow White or any of those kind of things. Cinderella, this was complete departure. I mean, there is animated nudity in this film. There's women getting the crap beat out of them oh, in this film. Goodness. Yeah, it's it doesn't pull any punches, but it doesn't hold up because of the way they put the film together. It, mm. I Like I said, 1988, I would have loved this film. <laughs> 2021, <laughs> eh. Not so much. It was it was a struggle to watch the entire two hours. Like like oh. the film structure and the editing and the pacing and stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That was wasn't that around that was a bit after heavy metal, which was the first time I'd ever seen like a gritty cartoon for adults like that. Was it was it at all like that or no? Not a really. little bit, yeah. The animation yeah. style was definitely like that. It huh, wasn't okay. as overt as heavy metal. Right. And heavy metal actually had some really interesting stories. And I thought each one of those segments were paced differently, which allowed you to experience the film in different ways. Right. And not to mention awesome soundtrack, right? It, yeah. <laughs> which Akira had none awesome. of. <laughs> yeah, had none. I didn't mean to speak about this film this long because I didn't enjoy it that much. <laughs> <laughs> I get what you're saying. This is a movie I watch probably once a year. Really? Oh, yeah. Huh. To me, this is one of the greatest anime. It's, it's like probably the, one of the first true animes that come out there. There were a couple, but this was like groundbreaking leader of all, like the whole cyberpunk thing. 
yeah. kind of came okay. from this. Came That's out of that. that started. Really? You know, and I understand it's not it's not for everybody. You know, I totally get that. But when I was watching like anime back in the eighties, I mean, this was one up there with like all the other groundbreaking ones for me. I think you're missing my point. If I had watched this in 1988, I would probably feel like you do now. This would be one of my favorite films because I would have that history and that nostalgia attached to it. Watching it completely free right now, it's not a good movie. I disagree. Oh. I just totally Ooh. disagree. I don't think do it nostalgia. I see it and I appreciate that. I think it's a, a great, well done movie. So uh, another disagreement between George and Mo, which the listeners <laughs> love, which not? is cool. But, <laughs> but what I want to ask you, George, is so it's, you, it wasn't something you really dug and I've never seen it at all. So kind of looking at how you might have liked it before and how you do now, what kind of rating would you give it now? And do you have any idea what rating you think you might have given it back, you know, and it came out in 88? I think in 88, I probably would have given it four and a half tokens. Honestly. Really? Okay. Yeah, I, like I said, it's, it's all about the era that you watch it in for me. Mo's opinion notwithstanding, it's simply you compare it to any animated film now or even to heavy metal then. It's it's not as good. That's, mm -hmm. that, you know, and that's just an opinion. But now watching it, I would probably give it uh, two and three quarters tokens, probably. Well, that, that's actually pretty generous based on what you were saying. OK, I thought you were going lower. <laughs> I mean, because I'm trying to appreciate all the stuff they attempted to do in 1988. Right. And cool. I, I want to give them credit for that because nobody else was doing that other than, like you mentioned, John, heavy metal at the time mm -hmm. in the animated world. It just doesn't hold up. I mean, uh, to be honest with you, I love heavy metal from back then. It's one of my favorite animated films of all time. I don't think it holds up today. The only reason why it kind of does is because of the soundtrack and John Candy. <laughs> yeah, the soundtrack <laughs> does it for me. All right, maybe I'll give Akira a pass. I don't think I've ever watched it. So it's cool that you're going back to these things and giving them a chance after so long. So John, on to something that you may have enjoyed. What did you <laughs> watch or, in, or imbibe this week? Yeah, I very much did. So mine is a television show that... I almost hesitate to put it on the list because of how they did me dirty, <laughs> but everything about it is good except this last part, which was they released the first episode and the second episode is more than a month away for some reason. Oh, that sucks. But a brand new series, an animated series of which I'm a sucker for called The Great North. So this is a new animated show that stars Nick Offerman, Will Forte, Megan Mullally, nice. and Alanis Morissette of all people as voice talent in here. So Nick Offerman, for starters, yeah. I was going to watch it because Nick Offerman was in it. Yeah, absolutely. The concept is that Nick Offerman is a character named Beef Tobin, which is a great <laughs> name for any Nick Offerman guy. He's a single dad living in Alaska, and I think he's some kind of a like a like a park ranger or something. I didn't like get exactly what that's out of it, but he has this kind of eclectic family. He's a single dad raising his daughter, and throughout this thing, he's trying to raise his family, but deal with you know the everyday things. He thinks he's convinced that his wife died, but in fact, his wife left him, and so they're all trying to keep the secret from him that his wife didn't actually die. Oh, jeez! <laughs> and in the first episode, you get to see just a cross section, but the the animation style is very much like that of Bob's Burgers. It looks very much the same, you know, character style. And the voice talent is everybody you'd know. You may already, you probably know if you follow Nick Offerman, Megan Mullally is his actual wife. They just didn't have the same last name. Will Forte is awesome in this. And Alanis Morissette plays a regular role, but she also plays herself as the 
invisible friend mm -hmm. of Nick Offerman's daughter in this. So she goes out and sits on the on the roof and sees an image in the clouds, like up in the Aurora Borealis of Alanis Morissette giving her life advice, which I think is just incredibly fun. It aired on Fox. And again, it was just one episode. I don't yet know if I love it, but the voice talent in it and the art style in it, I feel like there've been three or four animation things that have come out over the last year or so that just haven't continued or they haven't resumed they started and didn't get a second season yet. And I'm hoping this one, well, I, I'm hoping I get to see the second episode in a month or so. But the first one was serviceable. It was pretty good and it, it laid some good groundwork. Have I, did either of you catch this yet? Are you aware no, it was even out I'm there? Not, I didn't know about no. it. Is it a comedy? Is it a... It's a family drama comedy thing. I mean, like any animation, it's, it's comedy in general, but it's more of like a heartfelt comedy, I guess. Okay. Yeah, it's hard to characterize it after just one episode, but uh, it was fun to watch. I watched it twice because the first time I didn't catch all the little nuances, I think. But check it out and keep your eye on it. I definitely will be. Huh, okay. All right, let's switch over to you, Mo. So what were you watching <laughs> that you want to chat about? Oh my God. It's one of those Netflix recommends kind of deals that yep. you can't get away from, even if you try. I said, I'm going to watch it. It's the history of swear words. It's a documentary, four yep. episodes, hosted by Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I watched a few of these. Yeah, well, yeah. And each one is a different swear word. I thought it was entertaining as hell because each one just looks at a swear word. They go into like some where did the word come from, blah, blah, blah. But they spend a lot of time on like how that word is used and how it evolved. And they have a good mix, I think, of like comedians. You mentioned Nick Oferman. He's one of the guys they have on here mm -hmm. where they just yep. say, so what do you think of the word fuck? And, you know, he's like, <laughs> they start talking about it. They have some scholars who go into like the word history and all that stuff. And to me, I was just, it just tickled me just watching this thing because I felt I learned something and it was just really funny. Uh, you, so you saw a couple of them, John? I did. Yeah, I I, I think I watched, maybe I watched all of them or a few of them, certainly. It felt a lot to me, kind of like the other Netflix stuff that's been coming out lately that we've enjoyed, like the toys that made us, the movies uh -huh. that made us. It's it's that we're going to take a lighthearted look at something that has some social impact, but we're looking at it from not such a heavy standpoint, which right. I really enjoyed. Nicolas Cage is a ham throughout the whole thing. He's, oh, but he's perfect for it, though. He's leaning into the Nicolas Cage-ness of himself yes, in many ways. What about you, George? Did you check this out? You're a Netflix fiend, but... No, I didn't see it. I'm kind of pissed, actually. I'm surprised they didn't have me on the show as an expert. <laughs> yeah, I thought for sure. I was like, this is George's upright I thought about you watching it because I'm like, George is like the Michelangelo of profanity. <laughs> this is going to give him some more nuance that he can use. Yeah, I'm kind of curious as to why I didn't get a call. Yeah, that's, yeah. No, I mean, it sounds fun. And I love Nicolas Cage being Nicolas Cage. So I think yeah, that'll be a net absolutely. part of it. And I like documentary style where they explore the history because as much as I use curse words or cuss words or whatever you want to call, mm -hmm. I probably know 5% of the history. And that's just from 1980 up till now mm -hmm. all the rest of it i would love to learn about so it sounds like it'd be fun so here's like one of the things that you you learn on this show since you saw this john don't answer but okay what movie star has used the word fuck the most in his films oh right male actor george what, what do you think okay uh for me hmm well, that's a tough one because there's a lot of good choices there. Uh, I'm going to go with Sam Jackson. That would be a good guess. <laughs> and ironically, Sam Jackson was on the show upset that he didn't win that. That's what I'm saying. That sounds like a Sam Jackson thing. You would think. Yeah. Yeah. It was Jonah Hill, actually. Jonah Hill? Yep. <laughs> 
He's been in like 2% of the amount of films that Sam Jackson has been in. How was it Jonah Hill? Doesn't make any sense, does it? But he has used it more than Sam Jackson. Well, let me say, in, in that battle, that's clearly a quantity over quality because yeah, no one is, uses it, it as well as Samuel Jackson. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Is, is that like, yeah, no one has his nuance <laughs> that they would have. I mean, the thing is they drop little facts like that. And also they go to like history, like, you know, the word originated back in, you know, 18 blah, 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 and it was used for this. And which I thought was interesting because I like you know, learning the history and stuff of that. They have comedians, of course, who come on and talk about, you know, using the word. And some of the lines that they drop in there are just hilarious. It's just a really entertaining show. If you haven't seen it, George, you would definitely love it. Yeah, I know you would, George. And one, one of the coolest things that I enjoyed in it was they uh, they assert that using profanity actually gives you some strength and tolerance for pain, and they prove it with some scientific tests. <laughs> I've yeah. seen some of those tests before. I've seen yeah. scientists do yep. that. Yeah, that's, that's something I saw maybe two, three years ago where they were having people cuss as they got hurt versus telling them they couldn't cuss, and they showed their pain tolerances yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, I remember uh, seeing that Apparently it's a thing. Like, it, it helps with endorphins, or I don't know what it is, <laughs> yeah. but I'll be damned. It helps me feel better it helps me feel better when george cusses and i cuss so i get a double whammy up so yeah if someone right. complains about it, george just say hey i'm doing it for my health all right that's right that's exactly right go. that's right imagine eternia imagine the gate of fangs eternia batteries not included imagine the soaring sky tracks figure so separately the cavern of justice. Eternia. Imagine the power lift to the control chamber. At last, from the masters of the universe, the world you've always imagined can be yours. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. Okay, let's get into tech and toys. All right, so I have something that's not huge, so I'm going to let some of you guys, I'm hoping you have something better to talk about here. So, George. <laughs> okay, we'll let you round it out. Yeah, we'll round it out with something like kind of easy. Even when so. Mo has something, he puts the work on us. I don't get how this works. <laughs> but you guys never let me down. So, George, oh, what do you got? Uh, well, mine is not a big, huge thing. It's just a little piece of technology that I got for Christmas as a Christmas gift. It was one of the things on my Amazon wish list because I needed it for my working environment here at home. As most of you do, John, Mo, I know you guys both do probably, dual monitor setup when you're at work is very important these days. Yes. It's yes. it's almost essential to be able to have two screens where you can move your windows around. However, during the pandemic, when most of us are working remotely, sometimes having dual screens is difficult because of A, you 
don't physically have two monitors at the house, maybe, which mm-hmm. I'm fortunate to have, uh, or B, you don't necessarily have a way to use both monitors in your remote setup as you're connecting to your PC. Because you're work. remoting in and it's, right. yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. So there is yeah. a little thing in Windows RDP that allows you to spread your connection across all available monitors, which is a nice little setting. And that allows you to use dual monitors or triple monitor, whatever you have at the house. However, because I have that KVM switch that I mentioned previously in a podcast where I can use uh-huh. one set of monitors, keyboard, and mouse for two different computers, my at-home personal laptop plus the laptop that I use for my work, the laptop that I use for my work only had one video out. Ah, so when right. I would switch oh. over, I could only work on one monitor. Right. So I put this thing on this list because it's a USB-C to HDMI slash gigabit Ethernet adapter. And the reason why I had to have both of those on one device is because I only had one USB port left on that laptop. Oh, no. Yeah. So I found this thing. It's from Cable Matters. It costs about $32 right now. And they have other variations that give you higher video quality or things like that that cost a little bit more, up to $40 roughly. Oh, okay. But it's... Yeah, simply a little USB-C dongle that you plug in and it has both an HDMI output and your Ethernet connection. Oh, okay. So I have my Ethernet connection plugged into this laptop, which doesn't have its own Ethernet jack and the HDMI out for a second monitor. And now when I click over on my KVM, I get both my monitors for work, which makes things so much easier. That's great. I love USB-C, let me tell you. <laughs> I was just about to say, you know, people have criticized me in YouTube videos when I complain that, oh, micro USB, it should be C. And they don't understand yeah. how amazingly versatile C is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah. how far back micro and minis go. I didn't understand until just this past year. Toward the end of the year, I saw a couple of videos and it intrigued me. US USB mini and micro, they're based off of the USB B variant, that one mm-hmm. that you plug into printers mostly. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that's what they're based from. So that's how old they are. Yeah. They're really, really, like, they're way older than USB 2.0 and 3.0. They're incredibly old. So they're incredibly limited. They just happen to be the only small interfaces we had up yep, until right. USB C. You know, and you say it's a little thing, George, at the head of this, but I don't think you can overestimate how much value something little like that that adds to your productivity and just quality of life and ease of work and some kind of thing, you know, for 30 bucks, you probably increase your productivity by 25 to 30% mm-hmm. and your satisfaction with using your, right. your rig sitting down there has gone up, I expect. So oh, there's, there's a lot to be said for those little, little things like that, as you put it. Yeah. It's been a nice little change of pace. We just came back to work in the last weeks um, because we had our Christmas break off, but right. coming back and having this new setup for my working environment made things so much easier. I was like, oh, look, I can have Outlook on this monitor and I can have my browser on this monitor. That's so awesome. It's so nice. (laughs) I know. Not having two monitors, I can't imagine not having two monitors anymore, Mm. especially for work. Yep. So we'll throw a link to that down in the show notes if you want to take a look and see if you're looking to expand your productivity. Cool. Thanks for that, George. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I am curious because there's something that I think John is about to start talking about. I'm ready. Mo and I have been ribbing him relentlessly yep, about yep. for probably two years at I least think, at least from the yep. day that you sponsored this item on kickstarter or indiegogo or you know vaporware.com <laughs> wherever, wherever the fuck this <laughs> thing and no it's none of those things I, love that one. It, I mean it's not vaporware it is one of those other things yes <laughs> i'm talking about my atari vcs it finally showed up oh i had my God. said a couple weeks ago that i had a tracking number but it didn't say where it was yet and where it was it held up or whatever and it it showed up i have it wow 
Wow. Oh, and it's okay. I couldn't possibly unpack everything there is to unpack. Uh, figuratively, I've unpacked the box, but I mean, in this podcast without talking a bit about it, but I want to start the discussion here. We've already started it a bit over on YouTube and discussed it. First of all, yes, I've got the Atari VCS. It is a console <laughs> made by Atari. At that point, I have to stop and start with caveats because is it a console? I use the kind of air quotes with that. It's a weird piece of tech. I'm glad I got it. Some people will assert that I only got it because it says Atari on it. Well, well that's probably and true. They probably have a point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that helped. I mean, that certainly attracted you to the Kickstarter. Oh, yeah. yeah it helped. Yeah. And that's not necessarily a bad thing either. It looks awesome. It looks like a super high tech, futuristic version of the old Atari 2600. It has the lines of it. It has the, I got the wood grain collector's edition one that you guys ribbed me for paying extra for. Yeah. Uh, which is basically just wood siding that you put on your, you know, <laughs> on your, on your family van, if you want. So here's what it is and what it isn't. I start to talk about, I'm working on my review still. It is a little computer that you hook up to your TV. It tries to act like it's a game console, but I think in the modern world, we establish what is a game console. It's like an Xbox. It's like a PlayStation. It's a platform where games come out that you want to buy and play on it. And right now, since it's very, very new, it comes with some games, but not games you can't play somewhere else. You can download games from a store. It has full controller support for your Xbox controller or for the cool Atari controller that came with it. But the more intriguing part about it, in a way, it's disappointing as a console because it's not an Atari console. You can play Atari Vault, which you can download on Steam today for $5. But what it is, it's also this really interesting piece of technology. It has an x86 processor. It has the ability to put other operating systems on external USB drives and boot to them. So this can be a Linux box. This can be a, a Windows box. This can be a Chrome OS box. It's all those things that are potentials. Yeah, well, why would you do that? Well, to be able to run other applications. So I could install Steam OS, and now it's a Steam PC that you can buy from Steam, but now you have a set-top box. You could buy a Roku that does a lot of the stuff this does. It plays Plex and Disney Plus and Netflix, but it also, you can boot it into be, take a Linux distribution and make it a true emulation computer. So as you'll remember that I paid about $300 for this thing when I ordered it. Well, that was in, you know, $2017. So what was it worth? Right. <laughs> what's, what's the translation from when I, I backed it in the summer of 2018, I think I backed wow. it. As a low-end gaming console, it's overpriced. But when you compare it to small computers like a Gigabyte Bricks or what's the what's the Intel one that they make, George? The, the Nook mm. or the Nuke or something? You've seen those yeah, all-in-one PCs? And those can cost like a grand. And so mm-hmm. it's interesting that it's, I, I comment in one of my recent videos that it's less than you think it is and it's more than you think it is. And I'm not sure yet where I fall on the spectrum of whether it's worth the money that it is. I expect it's eventually going to come down in price. And I expect if it can survive the hellstorm of its launch with everybody hating on it, it's probably going to gain more popularity in terms of what it can do for around a $250 price point. But I'm not sure if it's not just a box. It's a solution looking for a problem right now. I had an observation about it after watching your first look video. Oh, okay. So when I saw you unpack it and I saw you pull the console itself out and start displaying it, turning it around side to side and everything, Mm -hmm. my first initial thought was, why the fuck didn't I spend $300 on this? (laughs) It is gorgeous. Yeah, it's beautiful. (laughs) It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Then you plugged it up 
And my second thought was, why didn't they do this? And the this that they should have done, in my opinion, you said that this was made by Atari or licensed by Atari or something, right? Right. So why didn't they just take every Atari 2600 cartridge, put it on that initial screen so that you get the experience of, because the person who buys this is an Atari 2600 enthusiast. You're right. Yeah. Why not just put every one of those cartridges individually in those cute little cubicle things that they had on the UI? So it makes you feel like you bought the Atari 2600 world when you bought this. If you did that, I think, in my opinion, I would have been asking you, where can I go buy one now? And I don't give a shit if it's $600. Yeah, George, I, I, wow. I didn't ever thought of that, George. And I think you're absolutely right. I had the same first impression. Like when I saw it, I said, oh, it looks beautiful. Then you plugged it, when you plugged it in, I watched your video, John. I was like, oh, okay, you know, seems kind of nice. But let me tell you, George, you're right. If I would have seen the full 2600 library come up, mm-hmm. I would have been like, holy crap. Like it would have blown me it away. It would have been the world's best flashback, you know, they have those little flashbacks you plug in. It would have been all of that. It almost feels like they got the Atari license. Let's bolt it on this thing we're trying to build and kind of paint it with an Atari skin in a way. Rather than celebrate the Atari-ness of it, they use the Atari font and some logos, Mm -hmm. but they try to be a jack of all trades. Uh, This conversation is actually helping me crystallize my review that's coming up. So (laughs) it's very valuable. Things I hadn't thought of. It's, wow, I'm just, my brain is full of this thing. I like it. I'm not in love with it. It has a lot of potential and and there's a lot more to unpack going forward. I have at least another couple of videos to do. We're going to do, uh, we'll have done, a, by the time you hear this, we'll have done a live stream where we demonstrated it live and played some games on it uh, and a review coming out. But, but you can stop making fun of me that I didn't get it because at least I finally got it. You did finally get it. I mean, George, I'm a, little, I'm a little sad now. I mean, this has been now a gonna make fun of me about years. You'll find something. Yeah. You'll find something. Oh, no, it's I, fine. I have plenty. I have plenty to make fun <laughs> you have, of John you have about. decades yeah. of dirt on me that you can make fun of me about. Yeah, no that's worries. Not a, that's not an issue. Just this okay. was the most recent thing. So. Ah, okay. <laughs> I love you too, George. <laughs> All right. I-, I could talk another 45 minutes about the VCS, but I'm going to pause here. It'll probably come up again in the future. Mo, oh, sure. you said you had something in the tech and toys segment, yeah. but you weren't amped about it. We're ready for you. What do you got? Well, it's not that, I, mean, I think it's kind of a cool thing that most of us at least have played D&D at some point in our lives or really sure. into it at some oh, point. God, yeah. And uh, we all have our 3D printers, of course, right? Mm-hmm. And so one thing, my daughter is still way into role-playing and miniatures and all that stuff. That's good parenting. Oh, thank you. I feel very proud of that. Um, (laughs) Is that there's a guy out there who actually created 3D models of every D&D mm-hmm. monster, like for free. Yep. Oh, you know? oh, for free. I knew you could for download, free. like customize one. But oh, yeah, can... for free. Now, the problem is that you have to go find them. There are all the major sites, of course, that you get 3D models. Oh, you're talking like monster manual monsters, like all the, yeah, the yeah. orcs and, and gelatinous plus, orbs plus and all those Pathfinder, things. Pathfinder, plus other oh, stuff. I really? mean, he does also, he's okay. doing also. And I looked at it, and what I appreciated the fact that this guy was willing to do that and just throw them out there, or he's a brilliant marketer. I'm not sure which, because if you do his Patreon for $5 a month, you could actually go into his Google Drive and just all of them are just there. Oh, and you can just wow. download them all in mass yep. if you want to. And he has, he just announced that he has over 2,000 patrons. 
at five dollars a pop a month i'm like that's not bad (laughs) (laughs) but for me it's like good for him because he spent god knows how much time and also if you're a patreon member as he comes out with new models because he's constantly creating new ones Mm -hmm. you get emails immediately saying hey this one's available and you kind of get it a little earlier before he throws it on like the free sites and stuff so really if you guys are looking for something to use your printer for or you just want to have some looking for some cool dragons or monsters or whatever i'll throw some links out there so you guys can get access to it but you know i said it's just it's just a cool little thing out there that for people who have 3d printers something to use it for so what have you printed and downloaded and and done out of this collection i'm assuming some stuff oh yeah i did a beholder which Mm -hmm. the thing with all the eye stocks that come out of it oh yeah and that sucker i mean it's like big it took forever to print (laughs) just the main body of it was probably a good inch and a half diameter with all the eye stocks and the detail he has on these things are really cool i did a gold dragon my daughter's doing an owlbear of course who who doesn't like doing owlbears (laughs) really my only criticism i have about the guy's google drive is that it's not organized especially well so it takes some hunting through directories to find stuff Eh, just download it all and sort it out later that's what i was thinking about doing it's like truth but i'm like how much space is this going to take and not only that though he also does update like he takes like uh especially if you're one of his patrons you can sit there and say hey can i have a black dragon that's actually flying and he'll create one and throw them out there no he takes requests he takes requests and and does a request he throws it out there so you know the guy's putting a lot of time and effort and obviously he's able to make a living at it now so you know more power to him but it's pretty cool what's the name of the site or the guy or whatever the guy's name is mz4250 which is not something that that rolls off the tongue nickname (laughs) yeah Yeah. exactly now i see why you didn't mention it okay yeah that's what yeah i was like there's no really point because no one's gonna remember that but i'll throw links to his patreon site and also to where you can find the models on like thigverse and other stuff okay for some 3d role-playing game uh models for your small brand nice all right cool all right we'll get into some games right after this break stick around my buddy Buddy and kid sister. Each sold separately from Play School. Well, hey, podcast listener. My name is Vince, and I'm the host of a show called The RR Show. It stands for Reddit Readings. We're going to sit down twice a week, and I'm going to bring you the most entertaining stories from all of the best subreddits that exist online. Things like malicious compliance, petty revenge, hey, lady, I don't work here. Oh, there's so much more. Lots of great stories and things you won't believe. Like the one time uh, this dude was caught in a bathroom with his friend and he was slapping them because that was the only way that he could actually legitimately help them. A mall cop comes in with a taser. Oh, yeah, the rest is history. It's going to be fun. There is, uh, well, I don't know, I got like 20 seconds left, so I don't got much more time to tell you another story. But just join me on The RR Show. It's from Evergreen Podcast, produced in partnership with Wessler Media. So The RR Show. Wherever you get podcasts, subscribe today. And uh, it's like an adult story time. Let's hang out together. The RR Show. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for the Generation (laughs) X game segment. (laughs) Yes, it is. And it's time to find out what the hell John is playing in the past week. (laughs) 
because <laughs> I'm going to go last since we still got more stuff to give away. Oh, cool. sounds good. All right. Uh, so I, I'm playing something that I it's not new to me, but it's newly beloved by me. There's this board game. That's a board game. Tabletop game, we'll call it called Red Dragon Inn. Oh, yeah, I played that. Yeah. Mo, you were just talking about Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. And so I was introduced to this game several years ago. Just recently, though, I got a greater appreciation for it and have started playing it more. The cool concept of Red Dragon Inn, it's effectively a card game, is this game takes place at the end of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. You go on a campaign, you're an orc or a a wizard or an adventurer or whatever you are. You've spent all day in the dungeons fighting dragons and stopping traps and gathering treasure. Whatever else, yeah. And at the end of the day, everybody gets together at this pub on the edge of town called the Red Dragon Inn. And your goal in the game is to drink other players under the table or hurt them so that they pass out and you take all the treasure of the spoils of the day. (laughs) That's what you get to do in Red Dragon Inn. Now, the reason that it's an old game and it's still interesting to me is because the ingenious way they put it together is you buy these expansion decks, which are new characters you get to be. So you might buy a deck where, okay, well, you get to be a, maybe you're a, a ghoul or something, or you're a skeletal wizard. or And because the deck that comes in that booster is completely self-contained, you have entirely different abilities and powers, and the cards you have can do different things. Uh, and throughout the game, on your turn, you draw some cards and you play something that might hurt someone or might make them take a drink or might start a round of gambling. But the uh, the cards that you play in return, <laughs> like, for example, there's a card called I Don't Think So. Okay. <laughs> somebody plays, aha, I did this and it hurt you. And you go, I don't think so. And the only way to stop an I don't think so card is with a I do think so kind of card. It's like you reverse it. <laughs> but it's this back and forth kind of it's like a game of war because you have cards that counter other cards and ultimately it's so much fun because they bake into it the personality of the character they put a quote the line that they say like this card might say you know it does two points of damage if you don't have this shield or something but the quote says aha i smite thee and so you're encouraged to read it as the character and <laughs> lean into it and it's 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 the fun kind of role-playing part of that have either of you played red dragon in before yeah i played the uh, it was a long time ago but i remember like a base I played game it. yeah i played it, and it was a lot of fun i, I really remember like i said i remember the, mostly they said the fact that you kind of have to be the character to have fun yeah otherwise you're just kind of like yeah eh, it too is much damage, it is you know? but yeah, yeah it was it was great george have you ever seen or heard of this before uh, no no but it it sounds interesting for a guy who never drinks so <laughs> i'm not really sure how much i get out of it but oh I, I know that you would you don't have to be drunk to enjoy it but your character can get drunk L- literally on on the game piece on the card you have these two tokens and one of them is your health working its way down and the other is it your inebriation working its way up and you pass out when those two meet oh <laughs> So it's something that if you're not aware of it, board games have become such a big marketable thing, but they're kind of niche. Like not everybody gets into them. And this is one you don't have to be a board game fanatic to enjoy. You can literally sit down, pick it up and play it and have a lot of fun with it because of the characterizations. It's something that next time we get together to play Dark Tower or something, this is going into my regular rotation now that I understand fully how cool it is. Let's segue it over then to you, Mo. What have you been playing since we last spoke? I'm playing again 
one of these, like you said, kind of a new old game, except this one's a uh, computer game on the PC. Okay. It's called Crying Sons. Hmm. So I picked it up because actually it's free right now on Epic. So you can download for free from the Epic store. Oh, right. They give a lot of stuff away on Epic. Yeah. And the game came out basically it's about a year old. It came out September 2019. Okay. And the reason why I actually play it, I, you know, every time they have a free game, I just sort of automatically download it, whether or not I'm going to play it or not. Sure. Because I figure it's free. Grab it. Mm-hmm. But this one, though, it definitely is kind of in my wheelhouse because it's one of these tactical top-down hexagon fighting games like war games in space okay but in right. between that though there's this really kind of a cool story that they kind of built around it so you're not just fighting for the sake of fighting it's like you're kind of fighting to advance to advance the story more so you kind of see what's going on because you're command of this fleet and you're trying to figure out why like you're basically woken up off hibernation or something like that that you can't figure out why like the empire that you served is gone and you're trying to figure out why. Sounds a little familiar, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) And you're trying to figure out why it's gone. So you're investigating like these abandoned stations and then you get resources and stuff that you can use to build up your fleet. And then eventually, you know, of course you got to fight the rogue elements that are out there. For a free game, especially, it's a lot of fun. Is it like something else we might've played before? Is it similar to anything? that Jeez, I don't know. Uh, The fighting aspect of it is a top-down hexagon map kind of fighting game. Sure, right, right, yeah, yeah. Like a strategy deal, right? Yep. But the thing is that you investigate these other planets and systems, and then you have a choices of like, oh, do I want to send an away team down to investigate this system? If you do, you get resources, or you could send the weak party down there and they all die in which case now you're short staff so you have to figure out ways of building up additional staff okay so some resource management and gathering okay got it yeah. yeah and there's definitely like a whole bunch of different levels on the game the fighting i think they left pretty simple on purpose which i think was a good thing because it's kind of a similar this is strong against this but weak against this kind of setup. Oh, rock paper scissors format yep. yeah and thank it. you thank you that's the word i was looking for rock paper sure. scissors i Started playing it just to see what it was about, and I wound up playing it for over an hour. You know, I was like, this is kind of cool. You know, I didn't realize the hour went by. I was having that much fun with it. And the story was interesting. Like, I actually waited and listened to the story and didn't try to jump ahead to, like, the action parts, you know, because the story itself was really kind of cool. So mm-hmm. it's, if you're able to grab it for free on Epic, I would say definitely, because you have nothing to lose. I think it normally goes for about $14 right now, $14.99, something like that, normally. Because it's just a year old, right? Yeah, because it's just a year old. But um, so far, I'm really enjoying it. Cool. And you point out a good good reason to be a member of that Epic Games store yeah. if you don't have it. Every week they give away something. You don't have to download it. You just say add to cart, check out, and now you have a license. If you want to play it later, you have it. So nothing to lose. Absolutely. Okay, George. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> We're all the way up to W in your A through Z of these Holy humble cow. bundle games. Yep. Wow, we are it that long, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Man. Okay. Bring us up to date what you've been playing. Uh, so for W, I chose the game called Waking Mars. Uh, hmm. The description on Steam says In 2097, life is discovered on Mars. When your mission of first contact becomes trapped by a cave in, you must master the alien ecosystem to survive. Soon you stumble upon more than anyone expected, and with time running out, you will make a decision that determines the fate of a lost planet. Ooh, wow. This sounds like something that's be totally in my wheelhouse. Uh, well, so. <laughs> It's a platformer. It's definitely an indie product. It's made by a company called Tiger Style. Okay. That was the first I've ever heard of them. Mm-hmm. And John, I've talked to you previously and to me this game feels like one of those games that was maybe created during one of those programming weekend session things that the indie developers have all the time like when we used right. to talk yeah, to the yeah, guys yeah. from Twin Cop they said they would uh-huh. get together at these things and do these competitions where the goal was to create a video game inside of one weekend or something like that right you got like this time box it was like a coding jam yeah. or a festival yeah, or, or, jam, or something like that uh-huh. yeah. it feels like it was born out 
of that and then polished and released. It's a solid game. It's fun. You can definitely see some weird physics and graphical things that kind of make it look a little weird. Like sometimes when your little platformer guy, he's standing on a ledge of a trench that goes down, his front foot will just be standing in midair perfectly. And his back foot is barely on the right. Yeah. Little things like that. Um, Hit engine sometimes is a little off, like things hit you that shouldn't or vice versa. As far as the visuals, it looks like this thing shouldn't hit you, but it did. And sometimes it looks like the thing should crush you, but it doesn't bother you. But it's a fun little game. They work a little bit of the three-dimensional world into it. There's objects closer to the camera than when you're farther away from it, but it is side-scrolling platformer kind of thing. Hmm. You grab and throw these seed pods into these grassy areas of this red rocky cave, and when they grow into these plants, then it releases these doors that are also biological that let you in further into the chamber. Yeah, and there's, you know, you have a jetpack so you can fly around and maneuver and stuff. It's kind of, I don't know how to describe it. I wouldn't say it's an adventure, but it does have a definite story to it because there are voice actors and what they do to progress the story is a voice actor will come on when you get to a certain part in the level. And instead of showing cut scenes or anything like that, it's just a still image in the upper corner. And then the person says whatever they're saying, but the image is just a static image. Okay. Kind of one of those Japanese styles. If you've ever played any of the games from Mm -hmm. there, they're they're just telling the story to you while you're playing. Exactly. And, but it's the two people communicating. It's a person that's in a control room talking to your character. Who's the one going through the cave. It definitely could have used some more polish, but I think they did very well for what they had at the time because this was released in 2012. Oh, wow. So it's not a new game by any stretch. Yeah. It's been out for quite a while. It surprised me where we ended up here because when you first started talking about this game, you talked about its shortcomings and the hitbox detection and, you know, kind of the stuff. And I'm like, oh, these sound like game breaking problems. But as you continued, it it was the gameplay over Mm -hmm. those little nitpicky things that you actually ended up having a good time with it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's one of those games that's easy to get into. It, you know, Ah, does the thing that Mo talked about a couple episodes ago where it, it walks you through how to do the things you're doing in the first early stages of the game. You know, those Mm -hmm. tutorial kind of levels but there's not really levels in this one it's just as you're moving through the cave oh now you can use the jetpack and now you can do this progression right right, you can throw seed pods and oh no wait there's a jetpack i didn't know about this now i'm more interested (laughs) 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 they do a good job of bringing you along slowly and introducing you to all the mechanics of the game which makes it a little bit more fun to play than some of those games that just drop you into a game and say figure it out oh yeah for Mm -hmm. sure got it nice so this sounded pretty positive what about a rating for this one from you yeah i mean it's on the positive side it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination i would give this one three and a quarter token out of five pretty good it's a solid game it's worth playing their current price on steam right now is 9.99 so it's borderline you That's know, kind of pricey for yeah. a game that old. It, well, yeah, and uh, my guess is that they set that price in 2012, and the developers just never looked at it again, and so it's oh, probably just it. been sitting there the whole time. <laughs> right. But it's a, it's a solid game. All right. So Waking Mars sounds like a winner. What about so we, we just have a couple left. We have XYZ coming up and I can't wait mm-hmm. to see what you pick for those. But give us an update on your spreadsheet of how much you've spent on this game and all of them so far. Sure. Um, so if I had bought each one of these games individually, the price on um, 
on Steam would have cost me $357 at this point. This one was part of the Humble Freedom Bundle, which was a $30 bundle with 135 items in it. So, <laughs> yeah. God, I'm sorry. You can't see where this is going. <laughs> it cost me 22 cents for this game. Gee whiz. My man. total on individual Humble Bundle game prices so far is $9.24. I would have saved at this point uh, $348. Man. <laughs> man, Humble Bundle. You're definitely getting your money's worth this is cool yeah for sure all right so in those bundles we usually have a game to give away what do you have to give away this episode we actually have waking mars to give away all right really can i win am i allowed to win can i I do it i don't think so but that's okay (laughs) (laughs) be a member of gen x grown-up no but it's a it's a good game it's well worth it i think the subject line for the email this time should be blue sky on mars some of you from the 80s will get that reference some of you won't (laughs) i'm there i got you it's a fun game especially if you get it for free from gen x grown up it's well worth it that's awesome these are always more fun when they're free a free copy of waking mars just hit us up at podcast at gen x grown up.com with a subject line blue sky on mars nice very cool all right man that's great we are almost done with this series and i can't wait to see what the final tally is of all these 26 games it's been insane so far all right stick around we'll be right back Get your skis shined up, grab a stick of juicy fruit. The taste is gonna move ya. Take a sniff, pull it out. The taste is gonna move ya when you pop it in your mouth. Juicy fruit is gonna move ya. It juice the salt, it gets right to ya. Juicy fruit, the taste, the taste, the taste is gonna move ya. Science, science, science. Hello, podcast fans. Want to get weird with us? Come check out the Mad Scientist podcast. We are a weekly show that looks at the history, philosophy, and hard facts behind your biggest paranormal questions. Did the government really pay for a psychic spy program? Yes. Is it true that surgery got its start in grave robbing? Yes. Can a roller coaster really kill you? Legally, we can't say so for sure, but sometimes... Yes! Join myself, Chris Cogswell, and my co-host, Marie Mayhew, as we examine the science, philosophy, and history behind the strange and unusual. All to discover what's possible and plausible versus what's, well, just made up. Check us out wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Mad Scientist Podcast. Before we wrap up the show, we like to take just a second here toward the end to talk about the things we're looking forward to between now and the next time we get together to speak. And let's start with you, Mo. What do you got on the horizon? Yeah, I'm looking forward to another Disney Plus show, which is coming out soon. It's called Marvel's WandaVision. George, I know you know about this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the first episode is dropping January 15th on Disney Plus. And the thing that intrigues me about this is that I'm not really sure what it's about. It looks weird, which I like. And I kind of like the idea that I'm not sure what to expect. <laughs> I don't know, George, you saw any of the previews for this yet? Yeah, I mean, they do the whole Leave it to Beaver yeah. you know, preview campaign. So that's going to be interesting. I think what you're going to see is this is going to be a lot of the inner workings of the Vision's mindset, because that was a thing that was very big in the comic book storyline of Vision, was how things okay. worked inside his mind. And then you also have Wanda, who she's the Scarlet Witch, 
Right. So she can manipulate time and space and everything. And my guess is that this is going to be based on her creating an alternate reality to help her get through the loss of vision from the Avengers film. Oh, that, that, wow. I didn't think about that. That's interesting. I now know 7,000% more about this show than I did before <laughs> we started this podcast. I don't know that that's true, but I'm just saying that's yeah. what my guess is. I, I think it's a really good guess, too. You have to imagine coming from a comic outsider's perspective, seeing these promos of, so there's this robot looking guy and this woman and sometimes it's black and white and sometimes it's not and it's leave it to beaver but it's yeah. comic books I have no idea and so George you just illuminated all the possibilities of what it might be to make me actually interested in this yeah. <laughs> let me tell you because uh, yeah because I do know that uh, Scarlet Witch from the comic books was like Super powerful at times. Yeah, yeah. She's created several major storylines in the Marvel universe just by going crazy herself. Right. Mm. And she's like one of these people that's powerful but doesn't realize how powerful she is, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. She's like Dr. Jean Grey. Yeah. You put those two in the same room, all kind of crazy shit's oh, going to yeah, happen. All kind of crazy. So that's why I said I don't know what direction is going to go. And I think, yeah, George, I think your theory. I mean, I never thought of that, and I, that sounds. Very cool. <laughs> I'm hoping you're right, because <laughs> that sounds like a good way to go. So speaking of which, George, what are you looking forward to? I am looking forward to something that I can absolutely make happen or not make happen between now and the next podcast, and that's more 3D <laughs> printer mods for myself. Oh, cool. <laughs> which was in particular? Well, I so right now what I've been doing is playing around with some of the different things that are out there. I printed this 3D object that allows you to put three Sharpie markers on this little oh, platform. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can feed filament, filament right? through yeah. it. Yeah. So I saw it on a YouTube video and the guy who created it and or spun it off of somebody else's creation, which happens all the time in 3D community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so that was the first thing and my son really liked that because it was like, oh, great, we can buy one type of filament and have as many colors anytime we want. That's awesome. We printed that out and have attached that and everything. I'm just waiting to get some of the uh, transparent filament in. But then I started watching some other videos on mods and what Uh-oh. I want to do next is I want to take the gantry that's around the 3D printer and line it with the LED strips so that mm-hmm. I can have light all the way around it Okay. and wire that into the power supply of the 3D printer so it comes on with the printer Right. and then attach a uh, camera, which I just recently did thanks to help from John through Octopi. Uh-huh. Oh, right. You hooked up the Octa. Yeah. Attach a camera to the 3D printer so I can do time-lapse videos because- Oh, that's awesome. Those are really fun and I think- now that I'm also getting into a little bit of 3D designing and modeling, I've done some some of my own things now. I think that it'll be really fun to create some 80s-inspired Gen X grown-up kind of stuff and do nice. 3D time-lapse prints videos of them. Oh, yeah. No one was ever bored watching a time-lapse of a 3D printer. That, those are awesome to see. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, what's it going to yeah, be? What's it going to be? It's like, it looks impossibly awesome. Yeah, it's as they grow. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, Very Jordan, cool. I definitely want to keep follow up and see how these are going because these sounds like some fun things I'd want to try. Sure. Yeah, that Sharpie thing just looked like a scam. I can't wait to hear if it works. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, was, I was very skeptical of that one, so I'm very curious to see Even how Even if works. it is a scam, what does it cost me? It cost me one roll of Well, it's a fun scam, though, right? right. right. You're not yeah. anything. And exactly. seven cents worth of filament that cost me to print it. Yeah, oh, no, I know. For sure. Yeah. Right. Not an expensive scam, just a fun scam. Right. <laughs> and who knows? It may, I've, weirder things have worked. Maybe it'll work, right? Yeah. yeah. So, John, what are you looking forward to? I am looking forward to a show's last season coming up. I can't believe we've never talked about this on the show, but there's my favorite, probably my favorite sitcom of the last few years. It's called Superstore. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's all about this great 
assemblage of eclectic characters that work in effectively a Target or a Walmart kind Walmart, of. They just, yeah. They're the employees at this store. I'm not going to try to run through the cast of characters and why they're so great. It was a little show that they dropped like two episodes right after a Super Bowl many years ago. And I watched those two and I'm like, I love this. I'm sure it's not going to be picked up as a series. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going into its fifth and final season right now. I'm so happy that it got a great life. Uh, one of the, the leads just left just at the end of last season. But they're going into the final season now. It's a really fun sitcom. If you're not watching it, you should go back and watch the back episodes of Superstore. It's amazing. It's on NBC. For me, the last season started just before this show on the 14th. Though it's the future for me, it's the past for you. It's now begun. So yeah, Superstore on NBC, a great sitcom. If you're not watching it, you should. Uh, do you guys watch Superstore, either of you? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, I never miss an episode. Soon Excellent. As it, yeah. Okay. Me it's too. one so of the appointment TV things that I love. It's just a great sitcom. You said it, John. It's like Cheers in a way. It's just got great characters that make it, it, it mm -hmm. a, it's just a lovable show, you know? Everybody is just right. Yeah. So I'm sad to see it ending, but it's one of those things, at least they're ending on a high point. They're, they didn't drive it into the ground. To a degree, like The Office, it's infinitely rewatchable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's funny. When I tell people I really do use Prell, they don't believe me. They think that because I'm a model, I have a bathroom full of hairdressers or something. The truth is, I really love what it does to my hair. It gives my hair body and fullness. You really should try it yourself. You'll love it. And if you don't, they'll give you your money back. Your hair's worth at least that, right? If there was anything in this show you'd like to learn more about, the show notes which accompany each episode are full of links to click and explore. Catch up on past episodes and get pinged every time a new one's released by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know, iTunes reviews help more than you know, so if you haven't yet, please rate and review us in the iTunes app. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us, they'll thank you later. You're our fourth listener, and we'd love to read your emails right here on the show, so hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is more than just this podcast. Our YouTube channel has hundreds of videos ready for you to enjoy, plus you can find our entire body of work on genxgrownup.com. That's going to put a bow on the 89th edition of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. Before we leave, you know we like to take just a second here toward the end to thank our generous patrons who support us financially over on Patreon. Literally, these folks take a few bucks out of their wallet every single month to help support what we do here on the podcast over on YouTube and on the website. So thank you so very much. <gasps> Jason Lee, Jonathan H, Arlem, Travis, Agile, Matt, Stian, Shlomo, Chet, Thomas, Greg Z, T2, Sean Stubaka, David, Mark, Marcus, Butterspider, Adam, Dan, Greg L, Levi, Mike C, Dana, Chad, Ben, Stu Monkey, Davis, Tony, and Blast It or Stash It, who, like so many of the predecessors we talked about on previous shows, just arbitrarily bumped up his contribution oh, by a wow. couple extra dollars every single month, just because. Thank you for that, Huey. We appreciate you so very much. If you would like to join this roster of amazing people supporting independent content content creation. Mo, tell them how to get that done. Oh, sure. It's super easy. You just go to genxgrownup.com slash Patreon, and there you'll see it'll take you right to the Patreon site, and you know you can pick whatever level that you're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Give a few bucks, though. We have extra content for you. We got some swag to give away. Even our highest level, we have some people who help influence the show. Sure do. We talk about topics ahead of time and give us some great suggestions that we have used already, actually. We appreciate everybody who's given to us, and if you like what we do, 
and want to keep supporting us, it's a great way of doing so. True enough. That is going to wrap it up for this show. We'll be back in two weeks with another one, but next week is our backtrack. We pick a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep. George, what do we got coming next week? We absolutely have one of my favorite shows that we're going to be doing in a long time. We have the 80s films of a certain director, writer, sound creator, soundtrack (laughs) guy, everything to all of his films. John Carpenter. We're going to explore oh, four wow. of John Carpenter's films in <laughs> depth so on fun. each one. We've got some fun little trivia points for you. We've got our own nostalgic experiences. It's going mm-hmm. to be a blast. I cannot wait for yeah. us to get to talk about the films of John Carpenter. Man, it doesn't get Ooh. much more Gen X than that. <laughs> That's going to be fun. I hope you will join us for that one. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know I appreciate you, man. Oh, man, always fun. Fourth listener, it's you, though. We we all appreciate most of all and we will talk to you next time bye bye see you guys take care everybody no life no fun don't you know that you're a grown up Gen X grown up is a member of the evergreen podcast family learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com unacceptable for grown ups your dinner cannot just be french fries basically life sucks as a grown up it was actually, um, oh shoot, uh, forgot his name. Holy crap. How are you going to ask a <laughs> trivia question not know the fucking answer? That's, that's, that's not how that works, Mo. No. I, oh, Jonah Hill, sorry. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.